0: if the wild win
1: tonight they did what if the wild win tonight uh they got a lead in a hockey game in a tough place to play and they played a full 60 minutes of smart hockey what we haven't seen from this team yet in this series
2: on the field in the broadcast booth ron johnson is minnesota sports one of a kind opinions big name guests the teams you care about every day. Every, every day. It's The Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now.
0: Welcome to The Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And today I'm excited. Why? In a couple hours, I get to unveil the schedule release. So stay tuned to 3Ron Johnson on Twitter. I'm going to have a bunch of stuff going on with the schedule release but also tomorrow, Friday, we're gonna talk about the schedule release, but then we're also gonna get some key feedback from one of the Viking stars, that's Adam Thielen. He'll be joining us tomorrow on the Ron Johnson Show. But today, 8.30 p.m. puck drop. Everybody's been talking about how late these games have been, and I'm one of them. I'm like, man, can I get a six, a seven? Kind of like basketball, but no, 8.30, time. They want to get the uh, wild in their blues. Hopefully the blues don't close them out. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, Sam, it's, I don't know if this is a prelude of minnesota sports because i i know there was a tweet out earlier this week with the picture of wanda vision so i don't know if you're familiar with wanda vision from the marvel series avengers and wanda is the most powerful avenger in my opinion i think she is though i think everybody's figuring it out now um i have not right. seen the multiverse yet so don't ruin that for me uh that's my plans this weekend um but when you look at marvel and wanda has gone through a lot of pain she's lost her kids which if you see once you see some of the shows you realize they're fake but she loses her kids she loses her husband um who is also a robot uh that's created from a stone uh that's one of the infinity stones but anyway she's gone through a lot of pain and then she loses them again when she finds them, figures out she's created this fake world that she didn't even realize she created blah blah all this other stuff hmm. and then the the tweet was who suffered more than her And, of course, everybody's putting out all these, you know, different people and blah, blah. And I say, you know, what, Minnesota sports fans. And that got a lot of uh, responses, to say the least. Um, Minnesota sports fans, for one, they agreed. They're like, yeah, we've been through it. Uh, You think about four Super Bowls for the Vikings and not winning one. Um, Whereas in reverse, I grew up where my dad's team went to four and they won. They also then, I think, won two more later, the Steelers. Um, but, you know, in my dad's era, they went to two Super Bowls, won two. Right before he got there, 70, I think, two or three, four, um, went to two. Terry Bradshaw, John Starwart. they won two. So the Steelers fans, they, they get it. The Vikings fans have not been there yet. They haven't done that. And then you look at the Timberwolves, you know, the one series with Kevin Garnett and then another one with Jimmy Butler that people seem to forget. It's almost like they took a forgetful pill. And then you jump into the Twins. I think they won, and you're probably better at this than me. I think it was 91, right, with Kirby Puckett or something like that?
2: 91 and 87, yep, the two okay. championships, yep. And so that's – and that's good. So let's let's not throw that away. That's good.
0: So 91, 87, that's the last time, though. But 91, that's a long time to not even sniff it again, not even be there, you know, to keep having these early exits because they got to play the Yankees. Um, and then you go to – the wild. And of course, the Lynx. Now, the Lynx, they've won. We get it. Uh, but for some reason, people don't really claim that when they're talking about their long time suffering as a Minnesota sports fan. Um, same with go for football. It's been a long time. Like, you know, Big Ten Championship, that was the 60s and 70s. Um, it's been a long time. Basketball, you know, they had their Big Ten Championship ripped away uh, because of some scandals. Like, it's, it just keeps going and going and going. And then you look at the wild, and they've had some success. They've been to the playoffs. But this year specifically, the Timberwolves were knocked out, uh, and they were the seven seed, so nobody even gave them a chance at first. Um, until they won, and people start saying, "Whoa, they're making this interesting." Like the the Timberwolves might do this, but then of course John Morant's team figures it out, and now you have the Wild, who might lose on on you know home ice advantage. So it's not even a two versus seven seed. This is the top seed, So this is an upset. Is possibly going to lose tonight in Game Six, and if they were to lose. Yes, I would say that's a little bit more disappointing than the Timberwolves. Um, The reason being is the Timberwolves were a 7th seed. They had a play-in game just to get to the 7th seed. Uh, What they did in that play-in game, what they did in that that series, making it, you know, we needed more protesters – uh, every time they had a protest they were undefeated so we needed more protest nobody was willing to step up and and glue themselves to the court for the team like nobody cared about the team down the stretch it was early on I'm gonna glue myself to some stuff I'm gonna chain myself to a to a to a rim but then later on eh, nah, my skincare products are a little bit too I'm not gluing myself to your court for what I no I, I would rather you lose me show out get arrested spend the weekend in jail and then you win because you found a way to to play off of my energy and so nobody stepped up for the timberwolves at the end but the wild Mm -hmm. home ice it was so much struggle down the stretch to get home ice advantage they don't get it or sorry they get it and then now Having a chance to win game five at home could not do it. That was the reason why they wanted home ice was for that. If you ended up in 2-2, that's the reason why you want it. So you can get five and seven in your own house, and you have two chances out of three to close this out. Well, now the Blues stole one here, and now they have a chance to close it out in their house. Now, hopefully the Wild can come out like they did in the first game in St. Louis and pull this off. But I look at the big three with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Cat. Cat and Anthony Edwards went at it. Every once in a while, D'Lo would show up. Well, you look at Erickson Eck, you look at uh, Kaprizov, and then you got Kevin Fiala. Well, Kevin Fiala has scored no goals in these playoffs. He's spent 14 minutes, leads the team in penalty minutes. I think that's the key, too. Like, it's not all on him on some of these penalties. Some are just dumb stuff, but some is like the Blues are getting away with stuff and then Fiala's getting caught. And maybe it's one of those, like, we know he's going to do this, so keep an eye on him. You know, I know that comes up with a lot of players like Draymond Green. He gets technicals on stuff that other players just get like a warning or a look at. Draymond does something. Hey, it's a tech. Um, that's where I think Fiala is, is hitting this playoff series. Like he's just anything he does. If it seems like, I mean, guys can be embellishing out the Yahoo, Yazoo, Wazoo, Wazoo. That's it. There they can go. be embellishing out of the Wazoo. And it doesn't matter. They, they're going to give it to Fiala. They don't even give a chance to go to the, the monitor and say, oh, yep, it's two-minute embellishment. Fiala, you're fine. No. And so when I look at that, that's the issue I think they're running into down the stretch is they need that third guy sometimes. Kaprizov can't be the only person scoring. He can't be the only person giving them energy. It's got to be a team effort. And that's my thought. I think Fiala is kind of, you know, he's that third guy, but he's got to give them more if they're going to win this game six. I don't know. What do you think, Sam?
2: Yeah, yeah, we'll see what Kevin Gorg here thinks in a second. But I, I think that the Wild have been a depth team for a lot of the season. They haven't shown the depth here in this playoff series. And honestly, if I look back at the Wolves series compared to this Wild series, the Wild haven't had a lot of close calls where they had a big lead and blew it or they lost at the very, very end. Whereas the Timberwolves, I'm looking back at game three, Game five, game six, and I'm thinking they could have won all those games, right? So I actually, I feel like I have more regret, even though that was an underdog team. I would have more regret as a Minnesota sports fan about the way that series played out. Whereas if the Blues come out and win handily tonight, then you kind of have to just tip your hat because then the Blues have won four games by multiple goals. And you almost have to say they were the better team. And I think there's still doubt as to who the better team was in that Grizzlies-Timberwolves series. The Grizzlies obviously came out on top, but the Timberwolves outplayed them for large portions of that series.
0: Yeah, and I could see that. Like, I still go back to the seventh seed, though. Like, the fact that they were seventh seed, yes, they blew some 20-point leads. Uh, yes, when the playoff starts, it does not matter anymore about where you're seated. It's who's going to show up and play. Um, you look at the Warriors. You know, they were in it's three-two. It's I look at the Warriors Grizzlies as like the Wild Blues. Like anybody can win that series. Uh the Grizzlies found a way without John Morant. We talked about that. They were a better team without John Morant all season. They were like 20 and 2 at one point when he was out. And they showed it again last night, uh, where they just blew the wild's door or the uh, Warriors doors off. And uh when you look at the Wild and the and the Blues, uh similar, they're two close teams. Like it came down to like I think a game or two or something, or a point or two for who's gonna have home ice. So, yes, it's a close one. Um, I still feel like, though, at home, you're blowing it. Like, it's all about energy. It's all about, you know, like, the fact that they were up uh, at one point and then still found a way to lose, like, the wild. Like, if you can close out that second and go in there 2-1, I think it feels a little bit better going into the third, but they made it an even game in the second, and so that's that's why I still say like in everybody's mind they were the better team coming in as They were bigger, uh, you know. They were going to lay on the Blues. They were going to wear them out. They were going to make sure their lines aren't healthy all for or aren't you know full of energy all forty five seconds towards the end. They were going to just you know wear on them, and they're not getting that you know at times. They 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 show flashes flashes of a brutal team and an aggressive team but not enough, and uh, that's why I got to throw it to the Wild. If they lose, I think they left more on the table because I think, like, the the Timberwolves winning against the Memphis Grizzlies, they would have got their doors blown off by the Warriors, uh, whereas the Wild, the next series, they can win again because whoever moves on, Blues or Wild, they're going to have a chance to go to the uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, final, not with an S, final, um, and so that's that's why I think they, if they lose this, they left more on the table because nobody – assumed, even if the Timberwolves had won, they were going to win anything else after that. Whereas the Wild have a chance with Kaprizov, with this team. I think they left more on the table. Uh, but coming up next, we got Kevin Gorg. I got some great stories about Kevin Gorg. He see me with my shirt off. Uh, tell that story. Uh, but Kevin Gorg is going to join us on the Ron Johnson Show coming up next. But first, make sure you check out our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's superior sports talk with Kara Levin, sports director, Reggie Wilson, and his co-host, Luke Inman. Here, Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast feeds. And next up on the Ron Johnson Show, as promised, wild know-it-all Kevin Gorg. I mean, you've seen him in the booth, you've heard him, you've seen him on, you know, K-Fan. But more importantly, and as we jump in this, I want to thank Kevin for joining me today. Kevin Gorg, like, I don't know how you deal with Kevin Foulness. And so for those that don't know, Kevin Foulness, he does the wild post-game fan line. He does the pre-game as well. Uh, he does a ton of work for the wild, but he is an absolute, like, weirdo. Um, he has tons of random pictures on his phone. Uh, he picks on Alder Martin. Now he's picking on me, he picks on Zach Halverson. But I got the best of him and you, me and Rosie, Mark Rosen. Uh, we played program password, it's a game, and you guys had a lead on us by like 36 points. And it was the biggest comeback in program pa- password history. That's why I took my shirt off. But let's talk about that a little bit. So, if I give you the word hockey, your next guess is probably skate. Uh, what is it about that game? Like you and Kevin, if it's hockey, you guys seem like you got it together. But what is it about you and Kevin when it comes to other stuff outside of that that you just can't click sometimes?
1: Well, he's a weirdo. You called it. Like he's <laughs> a different guy, right? And and uh, number one, he's got 1,500-plus pictures on his phone of Zach Halverson. So there, you want a red flag, Ron. Let's start with that. It's a little different. Um, but we love we love fullness from a distance because he makes <laughs> us all very nervous. And uh, – yeah, the uh, epic episode of Program Password on the fan. Uh, it was a blast to, to battle you and Rosie. We had this big lead, and we have a chance to win this game. And for Faldis and I, it's our first time together. But the tie that binds us is a decade and a half plus of working wild hockey together. Me on TV, him on the radio side. And so hockey is our game. And the word hat trick is the, the, the password. Yep. And so I, I said, or the trick is the password. And so I said, hat, and I kind of let him in. And if you're a hockey guy and you're working with another hockey guy and he says hat, the first thing you're going to think of is hat trick. We've seen Carole Caprice Kaprizov in the series get one. And fallness went with like mittens. And <laughs> that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You and Rosie uh... got the answer with the next clue and never looked back.
0: But jumping into this this game, man, like you, you look at tonight, 830 puck drop. Uh, the Wild had home ice and they lost it. So now they're down. And if they lose this, it's over. You know, you guys have to get back on the plane. You know, sad clown songs. Um, what do the Wild have to do? We know what Kaprizov is going to do. I mean, he's going to come out on fire. He's tricky with the, the, the puck. You know, Brandon Molesky said he has the lungs of a fish. You know, he, he can skate a lot longer than some other guys, you know, and, and his endurance, blah, blah. But what does Kevin Fiala, for one, have to do to stay out of the penalty box? Because that's one thing, like being new to hockey, the game I went to game two, like I feel like every like four or five minutes he's skating to the side with his head down uh, because either he doesn't you know, agree or he just feels like, Mom, put me on punishment. What does Fiala have to do to stay out of the
1: box? Well, I think in general, Kevin's got to avoid being frustrated. The Blues have taken away a lot of the room that he loves to use uh, when he plays his game and he's he's an electric player we saw it down the stretch he was as hot as any forward was in the National Hockey League Ron and then in this series uh, and it's playoff hockey the in National Hockey League there isn't as much room to operate I think a lot of times when, when you see Fiala get into penalty situations it's a frustration deal um, he doesn't like to have uh, that space taken away and I think you know Dean Everson's talked about it throughout the series St. Louis has one of the top five power plays in the National Hockey League and if you take four, five, six penalties a night, you're not going to beat this team. And so whether it's Fiala or anybody else on this team, tonight especially facing elimination, you've got to clean that part of your game up. You cannot avoid to take a bunch of penalties tonight if you think you're going to win. And I I think Minnesota knows it. Uh, the one thing they have to rely on is they've been good in these elimination-type scenarios. They were down 3-1 in a series as recent as last year against uh, You know, the Knights. Went down there and won a game in Vegas, came back home, and then, One game six to force game seven. So there's some history on their side. But uh, to your point, whether it's Fiala or anybody else tonight, you know, avoid those dumb penalties.
0: Yeah, and you look at shots on goal. I mean, of course, Kaprizov leading the team with 25 in the series. Um, But in my opinion, so I look at this with Steph Curry. You know, I I equate that to Steph Curry. Just one of those guys that has to take a lot of shots and he's going to make a lot. Um but his teammates sometimes have games. You know, Clay Thompson's had some. Now we've seen Jordan Poole have some. They have games that when Steph realizes, you know what? I am getting so much attention. If I make that secondary pass, somebody is wide open. And if they can, and, and they may or may not make, knock it down, but I got to trust my teammates. Who on this team, because we know Arison can do it, but who other than those two? Kaprizov, Arison And let's take Fiala out of it because Fiala is the easy answer. But who can they make that secondary pass to? If you look at Hartman, zugarella Brodeen, Spurgeon, uh, even Greenway, but you know, looking at those top uh, guys, who can you know who's a guy that can come out tonight and actually give the Wild some energy that they have not been able to give them early on in the series.
1: Well, you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's got to be somebody other than Capriza because St. Louis is going to spend a ton of time to sh- try to shut him down. Ryan Hartman's a guy that absolutely could step up, thirty plus goals during the regular season, and I think because zuccarello and caprice have that great chemistry st louis seems to push all their defense in that direction so i would think Hartman could be a wild card tonight i'll go a little deeper than that if you want to go a, a, like a deep dive under the radar guy that i think could be sitting on a, a pivotal goal at a big moment tonight i'm going to go with tyson jost their fourth line center now he'll probably only play 10 11 maybe 12 minutes on the high end run
2: mm-hmm. but
1: he plays with speed He's unafraid. He's got a, a ton of playoff experience in his time with Colorado, and I've loved his game throughout this series. And I think the challenge for Dean Emerson, uh, as he talked yesterday about maybe making some subtle changes to the lineup, is giving Tyson Jost somebody that can help him offensively. He has had good looks, but I don't believe throughout the series, Duhame and Deloria have been able to bring out the best in him offensively. Mm-hmm. So maybe a guy like Nick Bjugstad slides in there, who scored a big goal late in the regular season, has playoff experience, is an offensive talent that you can hide on that fourth line. I think Bukestad and Jost, under the radar, you know, in a tight game, uh, could be one of those uh, sequences where they pop up and do something special tonight.
0: Yeah, and so looking at nick bukestead you talking about bringing him in and he said you said subtle i like the words you subtle line changes so do you think that means that cam talbot we're not going to see him at all even if they go to a game seven
1: you know i've been wondering about that um throughout the series because you know the one advantage you had when you made this big move to bring in mark andre flory back on march the 21st is you have two bona fide number one goaltenders and you know flurry has been good. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's the reason you're down in this series, but he hasn't stole you one yet. And tonight may be a night where that guy needs to steal this game if you're going to extend because St. Louis on home ice is going to be amped up. The crowd's going to be juiced. It's going to be a tough environment. You may need your goaltender to go out there and make 35 saves. I I go back and forth because flurry has got the experience. He's got the cups. But Camp Talbot, in those games I was talking about last year when Minnesota left, St. Paul, after losing back-to-back home games, down 3-1 in a series, to go into Vegas in a raucous environment, and Cam Talbot stopped 38 out of 40 shots to extend that series. He backed that up with a shutout in game number six, so he has the credibility with Dean Evison and this team to get the job done. The problem I keep having with, let's put Talbot in there right now, is I believe in the guy, but he hasn't played a game in over a week and a half. So the Mm -hmm. gap in between starts would worry me a little bit, but uh, I would not be shocked if it happened.
0: So (laughs) if you're Cam Talbot though, so put, put your, put your skates on your Cam Talbot. Do you feel some type of way about like how you're being treated now? Um, Whereas, you know, and I know it's not like football where guys actively seek a trade or actively try to get to a team that's going to let them be the guy. But I mean, how do you see this playing out? I know Flurry's older um do you see this just as like a one and done or a two and done even and cam talbot still here or do you feel like you know this could could potentially screw with his head where he's like i don't want to be here because i didn't even get a shot to help the team out in the playoffs
1: well i think every athlete at this level wants to play and and cam talbot has been nothing but a great teammate seen him around the rink uh at morning skate on game days even uh, he's been nothing but great um to his teammates and that's the reports we're getting to read behind the scenes. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he wants to play and he's getting to the point in his career where, you know, he's earned that. And so I think that'll be a conversation for the off season and the wild will have to figure out how they move forward with one or both of these guys. But I mean, if he gets the chance to play tonight, you can't tell me that he's not motivated to say, you know what? I can, I can be the man here. You haven't given me a chance yet, but I'm going to show you tonight what I can do. And I kind of like that tonight. I kind of like a guy that's a veteran player that's been there and done that, that maybe deep down under the the layers of being a good teammate and being a good guy, which he has been, burns to show everybody what he could do. And just knowing Cam Talbot the way I do and seeing the way he works behind the scenes and, and seeing what really makes him go. I think this would be a great opportunity for the wild to use that and to let him go out there and play with some fire because in a game like this you need everything and you need a little bit of that fire a little bit of that chip on your shoulder around where you want to go out there and say you know what you should have put me in here a long time ago these Mm -hmm. guys all have that you know they have that belief in themselves and uh, i think it might be a great opportunity to give cam that chance
0: and last one if the wild win tonight they did what
1: If the Wild win the night, they got a lead in a hockey game in a tough place to play, and they played a full 60 minutes of smart hockey. What we haven't seen from this team yet in this series is a complete 60 minutes of smart hockey. Avoid penalties, get to a lead, and then shut down the Blues. And the Wild have, you know, again, especially in games two and three, have been real close to a a 60-minute game but tonight you're going to need your absolute best. And this team's capable of that. They've been at their best all season long in must-win situations. They've had big games and they've had big responses. And a lot of these guys were on that team last year that was down 3-1 in a series, that took it back to game seven. And if not for an injury to Jonas Brodeen early in game number seven, I still think would have won that game and advanced in the playoffs. So they've got everything they need right here. They're for the most part healthy, they're ready to roll, and now it's a matter of going out there and executing. They didn't do that in game six or in game uh, five. They allowed St. Louis back in the hockey game. You mentioned it, that second period. Minnesota gets the next goal and goes up 3-1. The they are going to ride that wave on home ice of emotion and get the victory. They let St. Louis hang around. They allowed the Blues to tie the game late in the second, and that seemed to carry over into the third. They need to clean some of that stuff up tonight. I think they will. I've said all along this thing was going seven. These are the two most evenly matched teams going into the playoffs, separated by the fewest amount of points in series in the league. And I think this thing goes seven. I think the Wild find a way tonight.
0: Well, let's hope the Wild do find a way tonight. I said the Wild in six, so of course I'm wrong. Um, but then I did change officially and say I think they could get it in seven. Hopefully I'm not wrong again, and they lose tonight, game six. I want to thank Kevin Gorg for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. And we will be back. Up next, the Daily Three. That's three questions three minutes stay tuned and up next on the ron johnson show of course it's the daily three that's three questions three minutes take it away sam
2: the vikings have signed their first round pick lewis scene now usually this is pretty academic it almost always gets done but this one is a little more significant and here's why lewis scene signs a four-year 11 plus million fully guaranteed deal which means because he's the 32nd pick, the entire first round will be fully guaranteed this year for the first time. Ron, uh, as a former player, what's your take on that news?
0: As a former player, that's huge. Um, I mean, even if you go back to 2020 or, sorry, 2002 – you know, I think Ed Reed uh, was picked sooner and he only got like five. I think he was arguing over like four, three or four million or something like that. Like it's it's great. And that was like his sign in bonus. And then, you know, like for the season, you get your base salary. And so for Lewisine to get a fully guaranteed Uh, basically $12 million deal because he's going to have some incentives in there as a rookie, uh, basically saying, you know, like, play – I guarantee there's like a play 80% of the snaps type thing or play 90% of the snaps, play 70% of the snaps, um, you know, play special teams. All that stuff's going to be in there um, because agents are smart now with that stuff because, one, as a bonus, it doesn't hit the salary cap the same way, um, and, and it just offers the team an opportunity to give the player more money uh, without hitting that dead cap money and so that's earned money that's money they can say okay you earned it let's move this restructure into a signing bonus another year um but the fact that it's guaranteed I think that's huge for football because that's where everybody wanted it to go uh, everybody wants it to get more like baseball more like basketball um the problem or not the problem the, the solution is going to be the health how do these 32 rookies play this year how do they play health wise how do they perform on the field you know it was so scary for owners because of bus you know if you have a guy that's a bus and and you you guarantee him 20 million dollars and then he never plays a down you just gave 20 million dollars away but hey that's that's life you do business deals all the time um where guys are getting you know these big time you know deals business deals and the business folds um and so i think that's that's why it's a huge uh spot for Cena to be in. But then I think the next step is going to be second rounders. I guarantee there's some second rounders right now um, as they saw the way the first round, because it normally goes in reverse. Normally signing some of the sixth, seventh, eighth, or eighth round, sixth, seventh rounders um, is easier. Like that's the easy, like, yep, this is where you're going to be slated. This is what you're going to get paid. Well, the fact that a lot of these first rounders aren't messing around, they're like, look, I just want to get signed. I want to get in the camp. I want to get my name on this paper. So as soon as I show up, boom, I'm I'm paid. And so when Lewis when that ink dries, Um, he's, it's good. It's in his, I mean, he's going to have one year, two year, three year, whatever this is, four year deal. Um, But once that, you know, that, that deposit hits, because there's nothing saying you have to, unless there's language saying he has to make it to the first game and make the open today roster or something like that. Other than that, my guess is he's good to go. So, you know, his daughter, she's going to be in every Mall of America store that her heart can, can dream of right now. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm happy for him i mean that that's huge for 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 a young kid like that uh with a family um I just hope he's smart with it because you know this league is not for long that's why you know that's what people say n f l not for long like be smart with the money don't don't listen to Ponzi schemes of, hey man, give me a million dollars I could turn it into ten you're lying you if you you could you would do it for yourself you would take your ten thousand and and turn it into something like if you if you need my million to turn it into ten. Take your hundred thousand and turn it into a million. Why are you trying to give me something that you can't get for yourself? And that's why I always look at like certain investments. Um, there are some real ones out there, but there's some that, that that aren't real, and and guys are just trying to make money off it. We've all seen Wolf on Wall Street. It came from some truth. Um, but for the NFL, I think that's a step in the right direction. Happy for the rookie, and then the next step is second, third rounders. They're going to want these guaranteed contracts as well.
2: Yeah, it feels like. It's trending more and more toward guaranteed deals in the NFL, starting with quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins, who sort of started that trend. Now that's almost a given that your quarterback's going to be guaranteed, at least your franchise guy. Mm-hmm. I could see receivers starting to get guaranteed contracts as well, as highly as they're getting paid and as as coveted as they are. Um, speaking of the NFL, let's stay on that topic. This came across my email yesterday from Bet Online, one of our good partners, and I, I was interested to see it. The Minnesota Vikings are the most heavily bet team to win the NFC at plus 1800. So 18 to 1 odds. People are fired up to hammer the Vikings to win the NFC. You bet 100, you win 1800 if they win it. Does that feel about right to you, Ron? 18 to 1 for the Vikings to make the Super Bowl?
0: I mean, I'm not a betting aficionado. So if they say it is, it is. It's all about what people are willing to pay. This is the thing about bets. The bets are like stock markets. It's like supply and demand. My product is only worth what you're willing to pay for it. I might think it's worth $100,000. If you say, I'm, I'm, I want to pay $80,000 for it, I have to decide, is $80,000 enough? Like, is that going to get me there? It's just like housing markets. Um, It's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And and I think that's what people forget. Like if somebody's willing to to hammer a 18 to one, then yeah, that's what they think the Vikings are worth. It doesn't mean anything. It just means what you're gonna win if the Vikings win the NFC. Um, would I spend a hundred dollars to win eighteen hundred? Yeah. I mean, shoot, I might go do that myself. Uh, but this is the thing. When you look at the schedule, and I think this is why you look at the NFC as a whole, um, of course you got the Rams. Um, but maybe they're thinking, you know, Odell Beckham's hurt. Uh, Matthew Stafford, maybe it was a one-year lightning in a bottle type thing, refreshed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, He's doing his AT&T commercial, so who knows if he's going to be dialed in. But you got the Cowboys on the schedule. you got the Giants. you got the Jets. If you take the Cowboys out of there, Giants, Jets. I even feel like the Patriots now are beatable. Um, Cardinals, I don't know where they're going to play them at. I'm hoping week one, but without DeAndre Hopkins. Colt, same thing. I hope they get them week three before uh, Matty Ice gets going at home. Um, You look at the Bears. You look at the Lions um beatable you look at the eagles that's a toss up commanders beatable uh dolphins beatable saints beatable so when you look at their schedule it's very favorable um for the teams they're playing and the situations these teams are now in and i think that's going to be the key for the vikings is who can they get early that are just like the the commanders early on i think they're going to struggle uh carson wentz has never really come out the gate and made everybody be like, man, this guy is great. It's always like down the stretch, he starts to figure it out, but then he ends up getting hurt. Um, that's kind of been the history of Carson Wentz. Like he's kind of sputtered out the gate, had a great like mid year where it's like, man, this guy's MVP and he gets hurt uh, with the Colts, It was, it was up and down. It was like every day was a different day for the Colts and, and, and their love, of, their love and hate relationship with Carson Wentz when they thought he was the guy uh, when they signed him, And so, for me, I think eighteen to one. I, I think a hundred dollar bet to get eighteen hundred bucks is worth it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they can like a lot of people have them clinching the NFC North um, in their in their picks too. So that's part of it. Uh, they they have, they think the Packers without the DeAndre or Devontae Adams is is not going to be as good. So that's it's going to be up to what Kevin and Kevin O'Connell's offense, I think, gives people hope because this is an offense driven league. You look at the the Bengals' offense, uh, you look at the 49ers' offense, all those, and then the the Rams, all those kind of mirror each other, what they do. And now you're going to see a new one with the Vikings. I think teams are just going with the next hot team that has the weapons that now is going to have the offense to back it.
2: Yeah. I mean, what that tells me is is that the betters feel like the Vikings are undervalued at 18 to one. Like the smart people who make these bets, they're probably thinking, Hey, the Vikings are actually like 10 to one. We're getting 18 to one. That's really good odds. Um, and that's why they're hammering that number. Yeah. And it, it, they might reflect a little bit of doubt in green Bay, like you said. So I think, I think that's a good point. Last one, the guardians and the white Sox. Uh, They had a series postponed due to COVID-19 this week. It got me thinking, are we in for a third straight year? Of the NFL season being affected by COVID um, absences or delays to the game, or do you think that relaxed protocols will eliminate that this year in the season?
0: I think the the protocols being relaxed are going to eliminate some of that. Um, you're not gonna have as much, you're gonna have a lot of self reporting. Um, you look at the Guardians though, 15 to 15, and then the White Sox 14 and 14. Um, so could they have probably played this game? Probably. To be honest, I mean, baseball, I mean, unless there's and and I don't I haven't seen the reports of who actually, you know, who has the outbreaks. So, so if they're trying to say hey, our pitcher that was going to pitch is out, we don't want to play you guys right now or, you know, our main two pitcher catchers are out. Um, so let's just postpone this because um, I feel like if it's like two, you know, guys that that one's a DH, the other one doesn't play as much and they have it. Um, I don't think we would even heard about this story. I think possibly, you know, that was a, a decision because of who caught it. Um, I think that's the only way we're going to see this in the NFL is who catches it, is that's when we're going to be like, all right, it's time to get these protocols back in place. Because if you have like Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford uh, and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan all getting it the same week, yeah, there's going to be some like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold up now. Like, all right, let's let's get these let's get the test going again. Um, I think the self-reporting is going to be key because like the asymptomatic players versus the players that, you know, we've seen the reports of players, you know, in the hospital, sick, uh, not feeling well, dizzy, foggy, all that kind of stuff. The You know, the stuff they said, um, that's going to be part of it. I know there is some new technology out now, drugs where you can pre take it. Uh, which is like, you know, I don't know if it's like it says basically like trying to hydrate yourself to beat the flu. Um, it's an oral type of medicine, um, so maybe the NFL is already preparing to arm their, you know, staffs with that uh, for the players to, you know, if you if you get it on a Monday, you're only out to Thursday, Friday because you all are vaccinated. Um, the vax versus the non-vax players, I know that's going to come up in the next meetings and the in the conversations. What the season's going to look like at the end of the day. They're gonna treat it like the flu. I feel like you know, if players are all comfortable and like, hey, if so and so has it, but you know, you don't feel bad about it or you're just kind of sick, stay home, and then we'll get you back by Friday. um, I think that's gonna be kind of the direction they go, especially with the vax and boosted players too. Um, I don't, I don't think that it's too much money, you know, and it's too much money in every sport, but the NFL because it's only 17 weeks compared to baseball, you have so many games and so many like you can do, you can do a double header in baseball. Uh, you can't double. You can't do a double duty football game where you're like, okay, you got to play the the Bears at 9 a.m. and you're gonna turn around at 7 p.m. and play the Lions because you guys missed last week. Like it's it's not gonna happen. Like there's no way the NFL can pull that off postponing games. So I I just feel like they're gonna have some stuff in place that are, it's not gonna be public because what you don't want is players coming out. Uh, publicly pissed off about it. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, why are we doing this? Like, uh, you know, they're going to do it privately. It's going to be a part of their private organizations, you know, manage it the way you need to manage it because uh, they don't want the media and the play, you know, because that's all it takes is one media member to ask the question, one player to say it's a bad soundbite, and here we go again. Uh, and now you got guys fighting each other over this thing, and now you got people telling stories about it
2: and why this is important.
0: I just think they're trying to to to, to put that to bed and move on and get ready for the season.
2: Yeah, you can't tell me that the the number of unvaccinated Vikings last year versus the vaccinated Vikings and Mike Zimmer, you know, coming down pretty hard on it. That had to be a bit of a distraction for the Vikings specifically. So, if it's all kind of relaxed this year, if it's not as much of a stigma, I feel like that helps the Vikings and gets them a little maybe a little more cohesive.
0: Definitely, and I think that's the key. It this whole team, this whole season, if there's a keyword for the season, it's cohesiveness. Um, that's the season it's cohesive. We have to be together. Um, I mean, I'm already hearing reports of, of staff members playing basketball in the league together. So it's just, they're, they're, they're changing the culture, uh, of what that building felt like before. And they want everybody to be involved. Uh, when you look at the draft room videos, and I know there's a 20-minute video coming out today, and I saw some of it, Um, there's guys that you, people are even like, who is this guy? And Why is he talking to Kevin O'Connell? I mean, that's what it was. It was anybody can talk to the coach. Anybody can talk to the GM. If you have input, let us know. We'll see if we like it or not. Um, there was jokes about one of the people that went up to Kevin O'Connell. Uh, He has some gopher ties, and they're like, I bet he's over there telling Kevin to draft a gopher. Uh, and they were pointing, you know, they were kind of directing the joke towards me. Um, but you know, I think that's what they want. Cohesive. That's the goal for this season. And you know what? He ended up drafting us. Ose- Ose- so maybe it was boy mafia. They wanted him to draft, but he went and got a go for anyway. So it worked. Mm-hmm. Whatever you said to Kevin O'Connell about the Gophers, it worked, but I want to thank you guys for joining me today on the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank Kevin Gore. Great conversation. 830 puck drop. Let's see if what Kevin said is true. If they win, this is why. We will see. If you haven't seen what Kevin said, go back and check out the Kevin Gorg interview. It's pretty good. He gave some great tidbits. And he talked about who's going to take their shirt off next in the program password game. You got to find out what that's about. But again, thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And please subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Sports Minnesota. And also download and take us wherever you want, whenever you want, wherever you get your podcast feeds. Have a great day.